What's going on, everybody? So in this episode, I talk with Brock Goss, who is the owner of Coldwell Banker Alliance Group Realty here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And I mean, I don't know what topic we didn't touch on. You know, we talked about how money is a tool for you, um, electric cars and the future of them, how, you know, people in real estate agents and such should probably look more into tapping into social media and leveraging it for their businesses. And then just a myriad of topics that we hit but yeah it's amazing um i'm probably gonna listen to this one a few more times over so give it up for the amazing brock goss love is love love is love that sounds good to me yeah i mean it's also a long-term play so i'm not too focused on getting them right away obviously it would be nice but i mean with advertisers, I wouldn't really know. I'd have to tell them like the expectations up front of like what I'm gonna be doing. I would have to do a minimum amount. Like, hey, you, you're not just gonna do like one episode. It's gonna be advertiser for- Six months. For six months, you know? And throughout those six months, obviously I'll uphold my end of the bargain because I put out a lot of micro content to get right. people coming back to this. <clears throat> What's your visit, like visit ratio been? Pretty good. Uh, on this podcast, yeah, it's been. I think I checked yesterday. Um, altogether, I think I'm at like 150, 160 downloads across all platforms for just starting this up and haven't really been pushing it up until literally like last week. It's not too bad. But the funniest part about that though is I do have another podcast where it's just Zoom calls. We don't advertise or do anything. And we've been doing it the exact same amount of time. That one has more views. And we we don't tell anyone about that one. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All we do is Zoom call once a week and we just talk and bullshit and laugh. And that's it. That's wow. it. And it has more views than this podcast. <laughs> the one all, that you're promoting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost frustrating. Uh, but it makes sense because it proved my whole theory that I've said forever where like quality of content isn't indicative of how much money you spend on your equipment, I guess, you know? Right. Because like some of the biggest podcasts out there are literally just people have been doing it on Skype for years and they just call up people and sit yeah. down and it yeah. works out. Joe Rogan is a good mm-hmm. example of that, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the man when it comes to that stuff. Oh, just yeah. Just sets a table and a curtain and talk. Yeah, and that's it. And there's no... There's no mid-rolls. There's nothing like that. No sound machines. It's a lot like this. Yeah. It's literally just table. That's why I like it here, you know, because I turn my phone off. I turn everything off. Actually, let me check to make sure. I turn my computer Wi-Fi off because sometimes I'll receive a call on that, too. It's a whole Mac thing. I don't really know how to change up. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I feel like the conversation, you get more. When it's just two people, no distractions, nothing else going on. There's no calls in between or picking up or texts or anything like that. It's literally just... Being in here has got to help that. Yeah. 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 I mean... Nobody's coming to that door. Yeah. No one's coming through that door. It's it's better than, you know, the coffee shop too because there's constant... Oh, my gosh. Distractions, people coming in and out and the conversation, I mean... They can't help themselves. You know what's crazy Mm -hmm. about that? You've seen me. I'm doing a lot of videos and stuff. Yeah. 
And I do a lot of like video at, for the office on our little Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, days where I want to talk about something. And I just tell them or I want to send some information out. I go to our group and I just do a video and send it out. It's way easier. And I can track who saw it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you can? Yeah. Seen by how many how many people? Oh, okay. It'll tell me if it's seen by 18. I know that there's 30-something people in the office. If somebody <laughs> watches it, 37. If there's somebody watches it twice, it'll have another view, but it won't say seen by another person. Mm-hmm. So if I do something that says it's seen by 37, I'm there. You know what I mean? If it's seen by 20, I, I can keep track of it. But I do a lot of videos and stuff, and you'd be amazed at how... You, you know this. You'd yeah. be amazed that when you're taking a video... Mm-hmm. People want to interrupt it. They just have this undying desire to see what you're talking about. Yeah. When you're sitting, and as prevalent as it is, if you're sitting there with your phone and you're like, you're talking, I've, I've been sitting in empty parking lots, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to go park over there in the church parking lot and do my little video real quick. Yeah. And, and in three minutes, somebody's like pulled up next to me like, I've had people come over and knock on the window. Really? I'm like, hey, I was just wondering what, you got, what you're doing. I'm like, I want to say, like, dude, I'm I'm literally riding a horse right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm shooting a video. Go away. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a stigma, but I think people are now like really curious, like, oh, what's that person filming? What like, what do they feel is so important? They got to record themselves right. to post it. Right. I there's mean, just nowhere you can, just nowhere safe. Yeah, exactly. I was very much like that at first when I was filming myself all the time like in public i like look left look right like look all around like all right cool is there no one there yeah all right let's get the shit out here really quick yeah so i don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. but like i'll be sitting on i go to the back porch at home and do Mm -hmm. my like weekly report thing and um the kids just come up i Mm -hmm. they're inside they're not doing anything that i'm just sitting on the couch next to them they don't talk to me yeah but i walk outside with my little papers and i turn my phone on Mm -hmm. they they walk up and they're like what are you doing so at first i used to get mad i don't get mad anymore I just mm-hmm. let them get in there and talk whatever. If you if you get mad, then you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do a weekly um, like owner podcast, not podcast Zoom call mm-hmm. with um, some CB owners. Mm-hmm. About, there's probably like 20 of us mm-hmm. that get on this call, like a mastermind owner group. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, every time it's Wednesday nights. Every time I start in the first five minutes, both of the kids will come in and look in there and wave, yeah. and then leave. And I don't get I just smile and laugh or whatever. Yeah. I don't get upset. But it's like they never, ever want to just leave me. They want to come in. There's something about doing this that people want to like, they want to know what's going on. They get very curious. Because they do. They I, do. St- I think it is kind of strange to record yourself and make videos because it's almost like the modern day like diary. Like my generation didn't grow up with people having diaries. But I know no. all the 90s, 80s movies were like they get access to someone's diary and like. That's like a very intimate, personal thing. And I feel videos are also very intimate, personal things when you're doing them. Right. You're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even like the way they sound oh, or that. the way they look. Like they're thinking about this profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, how do I look in the camera? Can I see in the camera how I look? Mm-hmm. And they're just so concerned. But they don't act like that when they go to the grocery store. Yeah. And you know what's actually very weird about that is a lot of people don't like how they look or sound on video. I absolutely hate pictures of myself like I don't I don't take any pictures or I mean I'm sure I do but I very rarely will take a selfie or something not that I'm shaming selfie culture but I just personally like when I take a picture of myself it doesn't feel right like I look at it I'm like ah oh, shit but when I take a video I'm like ah oh, okay like now that I'm I'm more accustomed to video right watching and listening to myself all the time that now I have a little bit better grasp of what to expect 
I th- I think that's um I don't know I, I I think it's all psychological. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, like you emote and and do the things that you do in person. Mm-hmm. The same as you do in a picture, the same as you do in a video. People see you exactly the same. The way they hear your voice is exactly the same. But now you have to process the way you look and the way you sound mm-hmm. and all that. And you're not used to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other people do it all the time and they, mm-hmm. it's you. So like a picture of you, no matter if it's this way or if it's this way or if it's your good side or whatever, like they see you the same way they see you every time they look at you. Yeah, it's just you seeing yourself. Exactly. Which yeah. sometimes I look at it, I think someone took a picture of me and he sent me the pictures and I was like, Jesus Christ, my forehead. <laughs> He's like, well, I can't really do much about that, but and I was like, oh, it's not your fault. I was like, I'll just blame my parents later for it. Yeah. So are we doing this already? <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been recording for okay. a little bit now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I am here with Brock Goss, owner of Coldwell Banker Alliance Group Realty. And anything you want to say before we get started on your thoughts on electric cars in 20 years? You saw my post. Yeah. Yes. So... I've been doing some some very um, rudimentary, if that's the right way to say it. <laughs> I've been doing some research on you know where car manufacturers believe they're what they're believe they're preparing for, mm-hmm. right? And what they see how like progressive le- legislation mm-hmm. is coming out about what we're going to do with you know, and I don't want to call it the Green New Deal, mm-hmm. but what we're going to do with you know cars when it comes to you know, the environment. Yeah. And there's some pretty strong evidence that, you know, government is going to get involved in manufacturing of cars. They mm-hmm. are now, by the way. So there's a lot of laws and regulations on how cars can, some of the things they have to be able to do at a minimum standard. Yeah. Right. There's minimum standards for um, the Department of Transportation mm-hmm. for vehicles. And and like when you see everything they do, they, they, they do the video. Why do I know all of this? Anyway, so I, I just got really hung up on it because I was having a conversation about Tesla and stocks and all that. That's how I got there. So I just started doing some reading. Mm-hmm. And like, you ever seen them crash a perfectly good car? Yeah. On a video, right? Yeah. And it's the dummy sitting in the thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing that because they have to. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not going to get into all the reasons where the crinkle points have to be in mm. the car and how bad the dummy gets injured and all these technical points, but they're crashing a perfectly good car because they have to. Well, They're not the, doing it because they want to. And this is a topic I've actually been on for months now because recently um, I was having a chat with the city manager here because they were proposing to the governor. Dr. Richard Woodruff. Yeah. He's a good man. And I did that on a record? Yeah, on the record. He's yeah. always been very good to me. Um, but there was a discussion about, are we going to raise taxes in Onzo County for the gas? Right. Specifically gas tax raise because Department of Transportation, the only dollars they get to improve roads is through gas tax. And with cars becoming more fuel efficient, they have to raise it um, to get more money to pay for the roads because technically the same amount of mileage is being used on the roads, even though cars are getting better miles per gallon. And to me... It sounded like a Band-Aid to a very long-term solution because I was like, well, what about electric cars? You know, what about when we're all electric? How are we going to pay for this? And I was talking about this with uh, Will Shanahan, uh, county commissioner. and Also a good man. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about that, about how 
maybe toll roads would probably come back into exist and they would be more common and people probably wouldn't be as happy about it because no one likes to be double charged no one people would rather spend 10 bucks once than to do four transactions equal eight dollars right like i think it's like the mental thing people want to pay once for something and not think about it even though it would be cheaper you know you're paying just the electricity at home for your car then you get on the toll road you just add that into your bill like another like your gas bill for the month you know right um but yeah the whole electric car thing for me it's always been a what are we gonna do with the roads and pay for it and not that i like i'm against electric cars i'm totally for it like i wish it would come sooner but yeah the whole like how are we gonna pay for it and how's it gonna affect our economy it's gonna be way right. different when we get electric cars it's just look yeah there's a certain so this is the way the taxes and mm-hmm. all that works okay there's a certain amount of money mm-hmm. right let's just say we're going to use a hundred dollars yeah just for our conversation with about the roads it's going to that portion mm-hmm. is going to come out of somewhere yeah so if you're not paying it in gas they're just going to do a new math problem yeah and that's what it sounds and it's going to come out it's going to be the same amount of money coming out of your pocket mm-hmm. but ultimately it's going to come out of our pocket just in a different way mm-hmm. so if you think all of a sudden I'm, well, I'm saving money on gas they're going to get their piece oh. they're just going to figure out where they got to get it from mm-hmm. and take it from there yeah you know, I, mean, I mean that's just it whether it's meters on your um, thing that you install in your garage to charge your car or whatever it is but yeah and the more money as inflation goes up they're going to take more money they're going to have to take more money mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm not i'm not for more taxes and i'm not saying i'm a tax expert yeah but it's going to come from somewhere and that's the thing like I, at what cost are we going to keep it the way that it is oh yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. like at what cost you know just because things were different in the past that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they were better yeah no. And and you got to learn to think differently. And that's why I study these things. You got to learn to think differently so mm-hmm. that you can get prepared for what's coming. Instead of, you know, okay. bucking the it's coming. Look, it's coming. Yeah, I mean there's no doubt about right. it. I don't Yeah, if we destroy earth, we don't have taxes to pay, right? So mm-hmm. like we we and I'm not a conservationist, but I'm thinking like if we're going to make a big impact somewhere, you know, automobiles is probably the easiest place to make an impact. Well, and there's also a lot of I've been studying recently about there's also a lot of good economical impacts that happen with people who take care of their ecosystem or their environment a little bit better. I mean, you come to see some of these countries that have become a little bit more progressive and they're taking care of the environment and their economy is also going up now, you know? Right, right. It's a little bit contradictory to what I think I was kind of taught growing up. Not like you have to destroy the environment to have a good economy, but that they were never related or that protecting the environment came at the cost of having a bad economy. Right, um, right. I, like consumption's relative to the, the economic environment. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And I think it's just, just interesting. Like you said, you can't really stick in the past. Tr- trying to hold on to your the ways things used to be yeah. is going to... Look, if I live the way that my folks... Mm-hmm. Raise me to live. Yeah, I would. Th- things would be a lot difficult, a lot more difficult, and I wouldn't be living the way that I'm living because they didn't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot. Of, like you know, I've I've done some commercial real estate, right? Mm-hmm. The the learning curve for financing in commercial real estate is tremendous. Yeah, because pretty much the way it works. Here's the way it works. Simple. You ready? This is like less mm-hmm. master's degree level lesson in financing commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. It's up, up to your imagination. If you can imagine that it can be done, they probably will do it for you. 
<laughs> that's that's it. So if you can think, well, what if we could take the equity from this land that I have and this, and then that could be the down payment, and then I could do an amortization of thirty years, but I have a financing you know instrument for five years, and then it's going to be a balloon, and then I'm going to like they'll yeah 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 I think we could do that. So I mean, the more so the more words you put in there, then the more right. likely it'll get to close. Right. Right. <laughs> As, so so otherwise, okay. Here's the way it got explained to me. These are not my words. I didn't make this up. No. They're like, Brock, how, how else would we have skyscrapers? Think about it. Mm-hmm. Financially, no one had, no one person or real estate investment trust or whatever has enough money in their pocket to say, you know, we're going to loan you $800 billion to build a you know, how tall is the tallest building? I don't even know. I have no clue. To the, to, we'll just say to the clouds, so we don't say numbers on here, and people mm-hmm. say, well, it's not that tall. Yeah. We're going to build a building to the clouds, right? Yeah. And we give us the money for that. Nobody has enough reserves. So the way financing works in your house is like, okay, we'll give you a loan on 80% of your equity. Yeah. Right? There's not enough equity in anything else that any one person owns to say, well, okay, we'll give you money for a skyscraper. So they had to come up with a way to make it make sense and plug it into the little risk analyst thing and say, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, we'll give you $800 billion. So so obviously they had to come up with some way to do it. Yeah. I think some of these things are just fascinating on how we can get money in the United States because money here is super cheap to get, super cheap, and you can get super creative on how to get these loans to finance, like you said, commercial properties, buildings, houses. I mean, it just still it baffles me. To yeah, a it's a certain degree. It's even more baffling when you start reading about, I don't know how we got here. You started with electric cars. It's more <laughs> baffling when you start reading about how financing is really done and mm-hmm. where the money comes from, right? So yeah. there's only like a trillion, like one, and we could Google it, but there's like $1.2 trillion actual dollars in circulate, circulation. Huh. Yeah. So like, if we piled up all of the American dollars that exist and that you can put into someone's pocket, mm-hmm. it would only be like $1.2 trillion. Well, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And that's all we have? All the change, everything. Well, America was a lot more than that. So we gotta, what, $25 trillion? Yeah, so we got to fire up those printing presses because that's, that's apparently the right way to do it. No. So <laughs> the, 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 financing, mm-hmm. the financing laws allow for a bank. Let's say you take this money and this is, we'll go $100 again. Mm-hmm. I, give, I give this to the bank and I deposit it, right? Yeah. Well, they can loan, it's, it's more than nine times, but picture they can loan nine to probably 25 times that money. What? Right. That's how they do it. They can. They're allowed to. So, they're everybody's saying, save your money, save your money, save your money. Right. Mm-hmm. But when your bank gets the money that you're saving, they put it to work. Yeah. Wait. Right. They can loan up to nine times the money that they have on deposits. They have on deposits. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. How else Dude. would they? Okay. Well, then here's the question. How else would they find... How many homes are being built in Onslaught County right now? Dude, I don't know. Fuck ton, I think. <laughs> I think that's like a rough okay. estimate. Okay. I know... But about, I know it's like hundreds, though. Right? No, there's four. No. There's probably about 4,500 live building permits right now. Shit. Yeah. I, I, Technically, that's hundreds. Just Permitted lots. When I say building permits, I mean... Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to try to quote me on that, but it's, it's, it's 4,000 and some change, mm-hmm. right? Or more. It could be more. Probably more now. Mm-hmm. 
now that I think about it. So that's that's lots approved. So if they take a plat, so what I mean by building permits is that they file a plat and say, we're going to build this subdivision. Yeah. Well, they're only in phase one, so they might only be building 50 houses in phase one. Yeah. But the plat's approved for 4,000. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? So that's 4,000 building permits because they, if they did it all right now, if they, if they had enough money, man, there's not enough money deposited in all the banks in Onslow County to build that, to, to, to loan out that much money. But then where's the money going to? Because they, they still got to pay cash to vendors and people hammering in the nails and digging ditches and all that stuff. So the bank gives them that money. And so the bank... Just, Based off of how much they're going to pay back. But they give it to them, but there's not enough money, dude. This, this math is making me go... Where does it come from? Yeah. That's the question. It's just digits. It's just numbers. It yeah. comes from the system. It comes from the Fed, from the financial system. So the Fed is broke up into regions, mm-hmm. and that's where the pool of money is kept. But they're all just digits. Just digits on a Now, I've been seeing recently, I don't know if you've been paying attention, everyone's talking about the um, consequences of a cashless society. Oh of now, I'll be honest, don't know anything about it. I've Not just either. I've just seen four, okay, because I've seen like four or five posts and I haven't really wanted to delve into it. From what I know, there's like a lot of conspiracy about, you know, this pandemic being a way to get people to, you know, depend more on chips in the finger or, you know, cards and having something, having like a fob. Being or, tracked. Or Bitcoin, yeah. whatever. So they start with a fob and you like do all your financing. You just, you know, like they have fobs where you can get into like daycares now. You know what I'm talking about? The little thing where you just put it up to the thing. Kind of like my car. It's just like a little right little you, thing. You just hold it. You just hold it up and it unlocks it and does everything for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I, I don't know how real that is, man. I don't know. I don't know. And I've been... Um, not like looking into it, but I'm like, well, shit. If the U.S. dollar is going to inflate or go somewhere else, I'm like, probably looking into putting my money elsewhere right now. Like, real estate's obviously going to be always our number one, but I like to look at other things. I mean, I'm looking at cryptocurrency, even though there's been a lot of jokes and there's a lot of hucksters out there who are like crypto experts and stuff, but I still buy what I feel comfortable with buying and. Yeah. It's gone up, but I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, if this is going to get a little bit heavier, things are not going to work out as well holding all this cash. I may <clears throat> either put it in more forms of crypto or more forms of stock and, or just other foreign currencies maybe, you know? So, so I w- and I'm not going to tell you what to do, mm-hmm. okay? But I will tell you this thing that you're doing right here, mm-hmm. th- this, is, this is great, right? Um, real estate is great. Uh, but you have to look at money, and stocks are great. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin could turn out to be great. I don't know. But there's a lot of people who've made a lot of money and yeah, all those things. Oh, oh, I was furious when it went up that year because literally the year prior, <clears throat> me and my buddy were trying to buy a bunch of it when it was at $600 a coin. And we had all this spare post-deployment cash, and we were like, yo, let's put our money into it. Right. Talked to one of our friends who is a lot smarter and more mature than us. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you can, but it's super volatile, so you don't really know what it's going to do, which he wasn't wrong because the next year was very volatile and hit like a peak of like 12000 Yeah, and then it went up to like 19000 19000 So we were pissed, but he was also not wrong. Right. Like he was right in a good way mm-hmm. that would have benefited us if we had bought. 
So the trick to it is, is not what you, so that's what I kind of want to get at. It's not what you buy, Mm -hmm. it's not what you put it in like this. You invested money in this, Mm -hmm. right? You have to view money as a tool. Yeah. Right? So let's just say you had a company and it was a podcast company Mm. and you, you wanted to go public with it. You got big enough and you wanted to go public. Yeah. And you wanted to create a stock. Yeah. To where people could invest in, mm-hmm. right? And you did, so there's broadcast companies that have done that certainly, mm-hmm. right? They get big enough, they go public. Why are they going public? I don't know. To raise cash. Oh, okay. They're well, raising I mean, yeah. capital because mm-hmm. they're going to take this money and they're going to use it as credit. They can't use the money; they use it as credit to be able. To, to do to the bank, right? So they give it. So they show the bank that we've got this, and then they the, take the, out a this bigger money loan. is is as as a reserve mm-hmm. because we've collected it from the public, and now we use that money as credit to be able to go to the bank as reserves to be able to do X, Y, and Z and things that we couldn't do before because we have this credit. And there's that's why there's a market cap and a float and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the banks create. So if you want to go public, you got to use a financial institution to back you yeah. to create your IPO. Hmm. Right, so when you're offering your product to the to the to the public, you do initial an initial offering mm-hmm. at a certain rate. The bank sets all of that, and then at, once it's purchased and bought, it's off to the races. I mean, you just your your algorithm or you know whatever the proration is for the number of stock that you release versus the one that you own and all that stuff. That kind of like what sets what sets the price, huh. right? So. Looking at all of that, yeah. what's what's the common denominator from Thomas's money? Hmm. The common denominator is is that company views the money as a tool. Hmm. When you're looking at what you're going to do with it, you're looking at it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Some people say, well, you need to save your money as a as a as a means of security. Yeah. Well, that's the opposite of what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at what the bank does with the money, mm-hmm. and you look at the, what the company that off offers a public yeah. offering does yeah. with the money. Now, when you say opposite, you mean like once you're past your rainy day fund, or do you, are you saying no rainy day fund, just put it all somewhere? Where I'm you not can... saying put it. I mean, you got to, okay. Mm-hmm. Once you get past, you know, what you need for, you know, your own personal health and welfare, mm-hmm. right? And security. Roof, you know what I mean? Food. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. That doesn't take a lot of money. No, it doesn't. We spend way more on that than what we need. Oh, yeah. So, if you like bare necessities, you don't really need a lot. Mm-hmm. And we don't live like we need. You know what I'm, you, you get what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm not saying we're living frivolous or nothing like that. But yeah. if you go to dinner at Ruby Tuesday, it's closed now. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that one, for example, so nobody gets mad at me. <laughs> but if you, if you go to dinner at a restaurant mm-hmm. and you pay $50, you don't need to spend $50 on one meal. No, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like, so when you get down to the needs category, that's not really that much money that you need put away mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think once you have that settled, the rest of it is you got to see what you can do to make it work, mm-hmm. to make it grow. No, to, to, it's a tool. It's yeah. like like if you look at it as a, a bag of tools, mm-hmm. and you have wrenches and screwdrivers and different things like that, right? Yeah. Like you pull, you, you leave it in the bag. It's they're no good. Mm-hmm. But if you take that wrench and you go to the you know the toilet that's messed up and you turn the thing and it's fixed and it works again, yeah, it's the same. You got to look at money the exact same way. If it's sitting in that bag, it's no good. Yeah, instead of just hoarding your cash, put it to it's work just for pa- you. It's just paper. Yeah, it doesn't. And the savings accounts aren't the same as they were mid nineteen hundreds, where 
you could get a pretty well i don't want to say good but better than today return on it you know i mean back then you could get a good enough return where it was kind of worth it you know maybe not as much as investing and right moving it around but right. certainly more than today i mean so i have a friend that does there's just all kinds of things you can do so i'm gonna give you an example mm -hmm. he has some cash right he knows a guy who owns a trucking company and he says hey if i have money to buy trucks yeah how much would you lease them from me he's like man i've got so much work from these contracts that i have mm -hmm. um and i'm from georgia so these are people in georgia i have so much work from these trucks that i have i need more trucks yeah uh, if you could give me a truck i'll pay you x per month this is this trucking deal people mm -hmm. do it everywhere Mm. Um, if you've got a trucking, if someone who owns a trucking company knows exactly what I'm talking about. So they need more capacity. Yeah. So they'll, they'll take as many trucks as he can get. Mm. So you get trucks, you give me as many trucks as you can. So he buys a truck, gives it to him, he leases it. So he's got probably about 25 trucks on the road. He doesn't do anything with it. But every month, those trucks make him money. Yeah. Because the amount that, he, that he's paid for them, yeah, he, he owns them cash. He mm. invests money into them. They do all the maintenance. They do everything for the. He's making them. That's how you make money work. If he took that money, and left it in the bank, sure he's going to have some confidence, yeah. right? So I think people switch the word security with confidence. It gives mm -hmm. him a lot of confidence, but in what? It just be in there in case he you know gets sick one day. What's going to happen to it when he when he needs it or when he dies? What's going to happen when he dies? Yeah, and it's going to go to someone else. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are still feeling the repercussions maybe of the insecurities that were brought on by, like, the Great Depression and such, you know? I mean, my grandfather spent no money, literally no money. Anywhere we went had a coupon. I mean, this guy legitimately waited for food to, like, go bad or was, like, the day of expiration to grab it for free from the stores. Yeah. And he, that's how he lived his life. And the guy died with literally millions in the bank millions in investments and all these things but even just his cash i mean he just had so much stupid amounts of cash he never spent any of it and yeah you know part of me is like well that's pretty cool but another part of me is like you know if probably could have lived a little bit better quality of life or doing other things if he had spent it you know but well how did he make it how did he make it what did he do he was in the navy and then he um Worked as an engineer for nuclear submarines and stuff and was right. a big uh, big part of the development of a lot of the technologies that are on board them even today. And then he even uh, invested heavily in Comcast. So he did put his money to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like because of him coming in as an immigrant from Hong or coming from Hong Kong, his family, and then, you know, Great Depression hits and then World War II and all these things, for him, the repercussions were, well, I'm not going to spend any of my money ever. Right. You know, he invested it. And then I think we're still feeling the effects with some people today because they were brought up with the don't spend your money, you know, save it, do this. Just don't don't risk it anywhere. Just hold on to as much as you can. And I think people go overboard with it now, like like they do with everything. But people go overboard with their savings, which not a bad thing but long term not the best thing right which is what you're kind of saying right like long term it's not the best solution for your money or your wealth 
Well, I would I would mm-hmm. say based off of what my comments were is that mm-hmm. you know, if you want to know what to do with money, mm-hmm. like if you wanted to be a basketball player, mm-hmm. who would you watch? Give me some names. Who would I watch? Who would you watch to learn to be the best basketball player that you could be? Probably, I mean, I don't know, LeBron, more than likely. And LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. And, you know, you could go through the history of a lot of names, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. and Pistol Pete. And all, it depends on how, how well you want to play. Yeah. But you would look for the people who have done the best, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same way with money. Look, follow what the most wealthy people have done mm-hmm. and the most successful banks have done and the most successful real estate investment trust and the most successful investors, whatever it is, however you want to spend it mm-hmm. and wa- and watch what they did. There's so many examples. And the, and the one common denominator, mm-hmm. I'm not saying one's better than the other, yeah. but one, the one common denominator among all of them is the way they viewed money mm-hmm. and they viewed it as a tool. Yeah. And they and, and that tool d- depending on how you put it to work, mm-hmm. it can work for you and mm-hmm. make you money in return and an indestructible never-ending cash return mm-hmm. on the money on the work that the money can do. Mm-hmm. So that's why people say cash is king, right? Because if you've got some money to put into something, mm-hmm. you stick it in there and it can just turn over money for you. Yeah. You know, like hotels. There's a lot of guys who in, invest in hotels. What's the idea? If you put it in the right location with the right amount of tourism and the right amount of, you know, destinations around it, mm-hmm. people are going to come there and stay. And it's going to continue to pay you over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then they figured out that, you know what? What if we created a destination and stuck a casino in there? And yeah. they can stay there and they can gamble, right? We'll, you know, it'll continue to pay us. So that's why you see these giant casinos because, mm-hmm. you know, the banks know that people are going to fly there and visit there and stay there to go gamble. Yeah, it's, it, it's a novel idea, right? I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying start a casino. No. I'm not saying. That. I'm just saying, look at the way that they view this money. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people view money. I think it's I think it's shifting. I definitely think the mindset is shifting more towards what you're saying. A lot of people. They would rather view when they look at money. They would rather see. They would rather save the money than to spend the money to make money. If that makes sense, right? Instead of investing in certain things, like I invest in all this stuff, you know, as a way for a branding tool, which hopefully the branding eventually, you know, turns into some sort of form of dollars. Yeah. Um, I also do this just because I like talking to people, and but. A lot of people, like, okay, my camera, they would see me spending money on that. They would see, okay, well, he spent, I don't know, $500. Good example. They would say, well, look at that, spend $500. But to me, I'm like, this is a tool that can make me $5,000. Correct. You know, it's an investment. Right. You know, they see my lights. Well, that's, you know, 100 bucks for the lights. Well, I see it as, you know, upgrading the camera and that can bring me another three or four hundred in value, right. you know? Right. Like you're saying, it's just leveraging. It's a tool. Oh, yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool. They're all and, tools. And it's the same thing for your, um, you know, your safety and security. Yeah. For your home, your car, yeah. comfortability, that kind of thing. Like, it's, it's 
That's what it's for. Mm-hmm. And, and sitting in a bag, we're going to pretend the bank is a bag, right? Mm-hmm. If you took that money that you spent on all this stuff, let's just say all in it was $1,000, hypothetically. It's mm-hmm. probably more. Um, you take that $1,000 and you put it on this table and left it in a bag and you just left it here. Yeah. It can't do anything for you. It can literally do nothing for you. Mm-hmm. And it only it goes- can make you feel mm-hmm. more secure, but that's it. You can't do anything with that. So that's that's what money is. Money is like it or not, it's a tool. Yeah. And depending on how you use it, it can return itself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the financial system is set up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think that the more you figure out what you enjoy and mm-hmm. how you can use what you enjoy, mm-hmm. you, you get more, you see where I'm going, right? Yeah. This is exactly what you've done mm-hmm. to to get that done for you. Mm-hmm. Then you'll probably be you know happier using it as a tool well i think a lot of people don't view it as a tool as much um because i think i mean you know dave ramsey yeah you know much of his stuff is very much like you're saying cash is king but in a different sense to him i mean he was saying things even like you know just rent out a place above someone's garage for 200 bucks a month until you have enough money to buy a house cash you know which to me is just baffling. Like, why? If I had enough money to buy a house cash, which in some sense, you know, your primary residence, if you have it and you want to do it and you're retiring, that's fine. But for a lot of people, say I had $250,000 to spend, I would probably buy 10 houses with that and leverage out that money versus buying one house for 250000 you know? Right. And I think it's. It's a fight to get people to think that way because people don't trust the banks anymore. Right. I mean. Okay. mm -hmm. I don't disagree with some of what Dave Ramsey's saying. And I'm not not a critic. But I I will tell you that there would be no skyscrapers. There would be no malls. Yeah. There wouldn't be any Gucci Mm -hmm. and Prada and, you know, some of the nice things that we enjoy. Yeah. There there would be no, um, you know, really nice expensive cars. There'd be Mm -hmm. no Lamborghinis or none of that because the without the banks, none of that would ever be possible because there's just not enough. If every. okay, if if what Dave Ramsey saying was what we were supposed Mm -hmm. to do, this economy would be built on one point two trillion dollars. Yeah. Which would be that's all the money. Yeah. If no one used any debt ever, we would be we would have to use one point two trillion dollars for this and we can't run this country on that. No. And I mean not to say like any hate towards him because without me learning about him in high school I would have been that Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps with a you know, Corvette or a Mustang and <laughs> making all these payments and probably would have been the reason why I never got into real estate was just because I'd be making those payments all the time. Right. But I do feel you can take any one set of ideas too far. Yeah. But I think what he does Mm -hmm. is he's saying, okay, look, if you're like buried in a mountain of debt, Mm -hmm. I know a way you can get out of it, but you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Yeah. And if you follow it, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And and, and I think for the most part, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. I I don't know anyone who would disagree with that. But when it comes to running a business. Yeah. You know, you you're you're gonna. There's gonna be a point where you want to grow. You're gonna have to take some risks. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to you take know? a loan. You're gonna have to leverage out what Correct. you have. And it's smart. You know, mm-hmm. it's smart. There's people who make you know fifteen twenty million dollars a year who finance their house. Yeah, they could pay for it, but they finance it instead because why not? I Money's mean, it's cheap. And you see a lot of um, 
millionaires or people who are up there who are still who are still renting you know i've seen quite a few of them who rent and they just rent from place to place because to them they'd rather put it in commercial properties you know say they're a big commercial person right. or they'd rather put it in they invested somewhere else and just rent because to them you know i mean every investment tool is different some people don't i don't say don't care about real estate but they don't put as much weight on owning your own primary residence because for them it's just a place where you put your head at night the primary goal for them for those people and Mm -hmm. a lot of those are celebrities that do that Mm -hmm. and i I don't know a lot of them personally but i do know some um and their priority is being nimble yeah like being able to move at the drop of a hat and you can negotiate leases that way if you pay enough if you say look Mm -hmm. i I can't be locked in more than six months Mm -hmm. so i'll pay you an extra you know hypothetical hundred dollars a month some cases it's a lot more than that, right? Mm-hmm. But I pay an extra $100 a month, and I just want to be able to be nimble. Yeah. I want to be able to get out of this, and I'll give you two months' rent when I get out of here, and you can rent it to somebody else. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, but I just, I, my priority, and like you said, a lot of wealthy people do it. My priority as a person who has multiple businesses and needs to be able to make a move, like I need to be able to move to Colorado tomorrow. Yeah. And, and that's what the priority is for them mm-hmm. because they look at opportunity in a more broad lens than we do, right? We, most people look at opportunity as like they go on Indeed, and I'm not saying yeah. this is wrong, and they type in jobs in Jacksonville. Yeah. And that's where they can go. Yeah. But when you broaden it to the United States and you mm-hmm. make yourself nimble, there's a lot more opportunity out there than what you think. But when you have a family and kids and all mm-hmm. that stuff, it makes it more difficult. Right? Yeah. And, and it's not like a bad thing. Like for me, if I wanted to pack up and leave one day, in my head, my house is something that helps me because I can rent it out. Correct. You know, so there's, there's different ways of viewing it. Everyone has their own way of doing their own thing. Not, right. And it's not like their way is right and my way is wrong or my way is right, their way is wrong. Mm-hmm. Just everyone approaches, I feel like, the situation with their own set of tactics and beliefs. Right, right. So if you left, though, you'd mm-hmm. have to you'd have to still maintain the yard, yeah. the trash, the electricity and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. You know, if you rent a place and you rent it with furniture, that's yeah. why Airbnb is so popular. Yeah. What I'm talking about is Airbnb. You can go somewhere, you got a house, you don't have to buy furniture. Nope. You don't have to pay for electricity. You don't have to have a Wi Fi. You don't have to have a contract. You don't have to have TV. You have to have anything. All yeah. you need is the ability to be able to just move in and live there for the time period that you need to. And then you can, you can leave. And when you leave, the responsibility for all that stuff, you're done with it. You're yeah. completely done with it. Yeah, you're not having to cut off utilities or transfer it over or do all these other. You know, and if you're a high earning young person, mm-hmm. that's pretty. It's pretty smart to be yeah. honest. I mean, it's I mean, a pretty attractive situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so you could work. You could be working in New York mm-hmm. this month. For you know, we're talking about high earners now, right? Whatever field. Yeah, and, and this is like this isn't. Typical. Yeah, this is like a typical person who's out there always on possible. planes. Yeah, it's and possible. Yeah. And it looks attractive to some people. So mm-hmm. let's say you're like an analyst for hedge funds or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And you're a big-time accounting person. you got an MBA, and you're popular, and you went to Harvard. And, you know, companies all over the United States want to hire you, and you're marketable. That's an attractive situation. I don't yeah. have – they don't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they ride share. They, you know, one year they live in New York, one year they live in Miami, one year they live in L.A., and they mm-hmm. make as much money as they can, and they don't need all that other stuff. Yeah, and a lot of people would view it as <clears throat> wasteful spending, but what a lot of people don't recognize is it's not wasteful if you're spending, if you're saving all your time, because then you can put 
the extra dollars that you spent to save that time, you can put that time into work to actually make up those dollars. And a lot of people do not recognize the fact that time is very valuable. You're only given so much of it. We're given a lot of it, in my opinion, but you're not. It's limited. It's going gonna, gonna to stop at a certain point, and you got to figure out how am I going to save as much of that as possible and utilize it, you know? Dollars are almost infinite, I feel like, especially with the way banking and everything's We just going. talked about it. Yeah. Our financial system is infinite. Like, there's just... Yeah. We can do whatever we want to. Exactly. Just so, press a button and boom, there's more money. Yeah, so why are we saving, focusing so much on trying to save if the, money And if versus, the current rules... I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's fine. But if the current rules don't apply to what we want to do, we just change the rules. Yeah. And now we can. Yeah. And it works out. And it, it works, works out. out. And we're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but here's here's what you have to do. Here's the here's the, here's the interesting part of it for me mm-hmm. is that, you know, I'm pretty grounded here in this area and it's, you know, it's going to stay that way probably yeah. for a long time. But my children who aren't married mm-hmm. and don't have bills, don't have their own children, right? Mm-hmm. It's my job to tell them that, hey, look. Let's not look at it conventionally, like where you live in an area, there's these three or four big places that are the, the big places to work. Mm-hmm. You go there, you work there, you come home, you have a nice place, you sit in a rocking chair. Like that's one option, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. So these these other, you know, I had a I had a professor one time who worked for like 12 different venture capital companies. Mm-hmm. And they raised like you know uh, millions of dollars. I don't remember exactly how much it was, but you know he had he was probably forty five at the time, mm-hmm. but he had worked for probably twenty five companies in five years. Yeah. Now a long time ago that would have been terrible, mm-hmm. but now it's like wow you've worked for this you worked for this company you raised this much money for this company this much money it's like you have all this unbelievable experience and knowledge and you've done this. Mm-hmm. So many times you look more marketable yeah. to companies because how many other people have done that? There's just one guy who's raised money one time for one company. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to do all the things that you know how to do. Mm-hmm. So being nimble and doing those things is an option. I think what we have to do is look at it from that perspective and say, you know, hey, young person who happens to be my son or daughter, this is an option for you. Yeah. If you want to do it, you can. Yeah. And. You just got to really like change the way that you prepare young mm-hmm. people for the future. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's the future. The, the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, the 10 years at one company, mm-hmm. that's, I think eventually that's going to be frowned upon. No, I, not to say I already frown upon it, but I do. It, it seems weird to me that especially like if you're 30 and you've worked at the same place for since you were 18 or maybe you graduated college since you were 22 and you're 30 and maybe the company was great. Maybe you loved it and it was amazing. They treated you well and then you decided to change. But um, I think people are going to start looking at more experience in different aspects. You know, I feel like eventually people are going to look at less of, oh, well, I'm going to hire this person because they were loyal and stayed to this one company for years and years and years i feel like it's going to change where it'll be like oh, i'm gonna hire this person because they spent a year here six months here eight months here they spent these years here and they were never it was they weren't leaving because they were constantly getting fired they're just leaving because they want to find something new maybe they have something to bring to us for a year because i'd rather have bring in that person who has 10 years of crazy various experiences right. from everywhere right and even if i only hold on to them a year 
I know they're going to add more to me in that year than the person who spent eight years at a single place. And then in three years, they may not add as much value, you know, when they leave or. Let me give you an example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just make up a scenario. Yeah. Let's say you were building a company that built funnels. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what a funnel is, right? Yeah. So we're talking about like the company click funnels. Yeah. And you saw a guy who's had 10 jobs mm-hmm. doing that, you know. So what's it called? Um, software as a service, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a software service that you can buy online to do things for you, like click funnels, where it has, you know, email, CRM, all that stuff all in one product. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're building your company like that. And you see a guy who's worked for you know ten different companies, but one of them he worked for six months to help Russell Brunson build ClickFunnels. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. That's the guy. Yeah, he was. Well, what did you do there? Well, I only worked there for six months, but it was the six months that they were building the company. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that you watched? Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy. Come on. Yeah, even if he was just the guy grabbing coffee in the morning, I'd be like, well, tell you me. probably saw a lot of shit. You yeah, know? so. That, if you looked at it from the traditional lens, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. The concept here is that if you put the traditional lens on a guy who's had like 12 jobs in the last year. Oh, yeah, they'd be like, well, this but guy. one of, or the last five years, but one of them was for six months at a, you know, in a specific area with doing something that you kind of like what, what you want to do, then that's the perfect candidate. Yeah. You know, but you would never find that person if you didn't take that traditional lens away. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think from, you know, from my perspective about what I do for a living, I, my investment's in people. Mm. And I have to be, and that's why I got to do all this, you know, reading and studying. What if I'm going to stay ahead of the game? Then I have to figure out how to look at, you know, opportunities and talent and, and view it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. From an untraditional way, you know? Well, yeah. And I mean, I feel like viewing things differently is always, it's always going to be frowned upon. It doesn't matter what it is you're doing things what you feel is the right way people are going to look down upon it initially initially um and, and i like to think i do the same thing i mean i don't i mean i hardly listen to anybody um as probably you can attest to when you told me not to get naked on a stage and i pretty much did um but i went with it but you went with it yeah <laughs> oh, did. but you had a good t- and you won i won yeah best in show and you did a great and you did a great thing mm-hmm. Helping for, out for yeah. helping United Way mm-hmm. with feeding you know kids yeah over the weekends. Um, but you're definitely right when you're looking at things. Just you got to stay ahead and you got to look at things differently. I mean it's it's hard even for me. I mean I get wrapped up so much sometimes in a single thing. Even though I think people look at me like oh, I'm doing things differently. But even me, I'm trying to find ways to beat the hell out of myself because I want I want to be able to beat myself out of the game before someone else can so i want to take that next step before someone takes that next step even if the next step happens to be wrong at least i can say all right cool i took it didn't work out for me let's move back figure out something else but i'm always not like i'm the super innovative guy but i try to be a little bit more ahead of the game you know and it's hard i mean i very easily could have just stuck to only doing my skit videos which which i still enjoy but you know I eventually moved on from that into this, which I'm developing the micro content. I'm hoping I can get a writer or something on board eventually to help me out. But um, it's just trying to stay ahead of it because even though I'm so comfortable with just 
the videos and the funny and the sarcastic shit. Right. Which I still do. I still do it on TikTok and shit as much it's as your, I can. But it's your it's your personality. Yeah. And I, and I think that you know that's what make that's going to help this. Oh yeah. One's going to lend to the other. Yeah. Yeah. But but don't 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 ever just do one thing. It's not. You know, you don't have to. Nobody's making you. Yeah. And, and in every area, mm-hmm. every area. Mm-hmm. So what, I, what people ask me, like, well, what do, you, what do you need to do, Brock? Like, what what do I need to do? Yeah. You know? So if I was ever going to give you advice in any of those areas is say, when you're going into it, find the person that does it the best and try to do some of the things that they do. But with oh, your personality. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you were looking at how, how to do a podcast, I mean, I think the guy you got to look at is Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. If you want to play tennis, then you need to, you know, Serena Williams pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. how does she do it? Um, if you're looking at golf, Tiger Woods, you know what I'm saying? Like, just watch what they do and, and the things that they do to prepare. And you need to put some of that in your in your um, arsenal. Mm-hmm. If you're doing stuff different, though, and you're going against it, I'm not going to do what they did. You're well, not going to have a lot of success. Well, I feel like if you're trying to be different for the sake of being different, then it's going to fail. Because if you – if I got on – into this and I was like well this person doesn't like this and I don't like them so I'm not going to do it like them right that's not going to work that's never worked out for anybody if you if I got into this but I'm like I'm going to do it like this uh, this person does it mm-hmm. in these ways I like but I'm going to change it to my way like you were saying you know I mean I don't golf but like you're saying you got to change it up for you Correct. even golf clubs am I wrong when I say like they come at different lengths right sure. yeah yeah like the same head but you get a different length Wait, like, the weight there's a lot every one of them is a little bit different yeah yeah and you got to get the ones that are right for you correct even when from playing to just the clubs you know and I think I need to go a little bit further into like describing that like for this okay mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you do and the way you prepare mm-hmm. take take a sports team for example how much do they prepare for how for when they have to perform? What's the ratio? Oh, oh I so mean, games, hours of practice. The game's for, four hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have practiced years and years and over the summer and, you know, and in the winter and at mm-hmm. night and practicing all these other things. And when they go up against a certain opponent, they've only got a week to prepare. But mm-hmm. they prepare for, you know, 80% of that week for a tenth of the time right so it's just four hours yeah I, I mean that's like me making a video i mean it takes me i got a video I was just about to use that as an example yeah i mean that's where i was going yeah so so they look at what you got they look mm-hmm. at the finished product mm-hmm. but they don't look at all the preparation that goes into it mm-hmm. so when you're looking at who to emulate you find out what steps they took to prepare mm-hmm. you know what i mean so when i'm saying do things like them, that's where you really need to study people. When you're yeah. studying people, look at what they do to prepare, how much time they put in to prepare, mm-hmm. who they bring around them to help them prepare. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's like a lot of times you think it's just talent or you think it's just people that they know. I'll tell you, people aren't going to like this. Yeah. You know who the best people to follow when it comes to this hmm. and how they prepare and all these things? Hmm. It's the Kardashians. Oh, I mean, Let me tell you something. Well, I'll say no one can argue that that Business crew, and branding, they've got it down. They've got it down, and they have a process, mm-hmm. and it's real, and it's brilliant. Yeah. People bet, bash them, and they look, they do some boneheaded stuff, okay, whatever. But but maybe that's a part of it. Yeah. Maybe that's the part that makes it so brilliant, you know? I pay attention to a lot of the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not into perfume and the, you know. Makeup. And makeup, and I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. the way that they prepare and their process, you know, it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Because before they were the Kardashians, what were they? 
They I were just know. people like me and you. Yeah, they were just and the family a, of an attorney. They made a deliberate choice mm-hmm. that they were going to take a certain path, and look where they are now. I mean, it's just an empire. Oh, know? I mean, yeah. And I think if you're looking at building an empire, you can look at some of the things that they've done mm-hmm. and say, wow, that was pretty brilliant. So I, I admire some of the things they've done. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you want to look, because brand always sells. Brand almost over everything. Mm-hmm. Will always sell, and uh, whether that brand is how you present yourself online or it's just your customer service. I mean, your reputation is going to sell. So as soon as who's the Jenner or the Kardashian that most recently Kylie, Kylie Jenner. So as soon as she turns eighteen, her mother hands over this makeup company to her. She takes over, and then it takes off because Kylie already has a brand of just the Kardashians, right. and then she has her own, and then she has the it's makeup. Kylie skin. Yeah. Billion dollar company. Yeah. And, and it's brilliant. Yeah. So people ask me, like, who do, so real estate agents, mm-hmm. what do they, they want to say, who do we watch? And what would you normally hear? You want to hear, like, Tom Ferry mm-hmm. or Grant Cardone or Gary Vee, mm-hmm. whatever, and, and t- Tony Robbins, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's names in the industry. But I say some things that are a little bit different. I say, watch Jake Paul. Mm hmm. Watch the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Watch some of the most famous people on TikTok. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. all their names. Um, what, what do you, g- give me some of their names? Who's famous on? TikTok? I mean, Charlie D'Amelio is like the literally the biggest person right there now. There you go. There you go. And then there's Zachary um, Loft, who is actually a realtor um, on there, and he's got like eight hundred thousand followers on there. And so, what's the goal? It's just branding. It's just building a brand. I well, mean, the goal it's, it's in real eyes. estate. Yeah, oh. it, the goal in real estate mm-hmm. is. People buy from, and this is a great place to like, you know, Mm -hmm. wrap up, right? Yeah. People buy from the folks that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. But they'll never like you or trust you if they don't know you. Yeah. So the first step is Mm -hmm. that they know you. Is it important that you know them? Mm -hmm. Is it? I think it's important to know your audience. I really do because now, I don't know your thoughts on, but I think it's important to know your audience because I think I stopped. I stopped all posting on LinkedIn for a while because I didn't think anyone was watching or listening. And then I literally got a message. It was like, hey, dude, you haven't posted in a while. Are you okay? Haven't heard from you. And I was like, oh, shit. Like someone's watching. Someone's watching. And that literally turned into a listing thing like three or four months later. But I was like, shoot, people do like this. You know, maybe they're not reacting. But is it more important mm-hmm. for them to know you or for you to know them? I mean, it's more important for them to know you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the right, an- the right answer. Mm-hmm. Now, fundamentally, when you look at what people think Facebook and all that is for, it's like, I've heard someone say, I personally know all of my friends. And I think that's the wrong answer. If you're in sales, mm-hmm. if you're in real estate sales particularly, mm-hmm. the answer is, is we want to get as many people, as many eyes and as many people to know who we are. Mm-hmm. So when they think real estate, immediately my name pops into their head. Yeah. Right especially in a certain specific area. Mm-hmm. So I want people to automatically think when they're getting their license, mm-hmm. you know, to think of me. Yeah. Right? So how do I do that? Mm-hmm. I have to make myself visible as that person. Mm-hmm. And whether or not I know them now, not important. Yeah. I may know, get to know them later. Now, certainly I believe in building relationships. I think relationships yeah. are everything. But when it comes down to it and you're in sales, People buy from folks that they know, like, and trust. And they're never going to like you or trust you unless they know you. And how do they get to know you? You have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. You have to make yourself visible. Mm -hmm. Be yourself. 
right? Use your own personality and mix it in with the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. I think there are some folks who do a phenomenal job mm-hmm. of mixing in things like paddleboarding, you know, going out on the water, kayaking, or, you know, doing tours of properties that are in areas that they like to hang out in and stuff like Chickens that. Chickens and stuff like that. Chickens, yeah. right? Yeah. They do a phenomenal job of mixing it in, but they always have the fact that they're a realtor mixed in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it can be sarcastic and funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like pretending that you have a chauffeur when you really don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But those are like, so I guess how do you do it? There's just no, there's no end. Mm. Use your imagination. And what platform do you use? As many as you can. Yeah. I mean, I use pretty much, I don't know, there's a platform I'm not on. I'm not on WhatsApp, but um, that's the only one. Right. I don't, I'm trying to think there's anything that's like mainstream that I don't use and... There isn't. I'm on pretty much everything. But you don't have to use it all at the same time. And no. Oh, no, as much. No. But you got to be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, and it's just depending on where you want to put your energy. I mean, right. I'll be honest. If you're trying to sell to older people or get their homes, I mean, you're not going to be on Snapchat trying to advertise on Snapchat to get, you know, people in their 45 and up, you know. Right. To Which get is why you got to appeal to a different demographic yeah. in another place. But... Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, you know, when you when you do get it, do you? I guess I got a question. Do you have to change what you're doing on a different platform and do it a different way? Oh, every that, time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I change it every single time. Every, but you're not changing your personality and who you are. No, no. I'm just I'm just people think, That's it. what I was getting at. People think you have to like. Oh, be a fake, different person. Fake it. You don't have to do that. No, it's just the difference between talking to your friends or to your grandma. It's just a different style. Yeah. You have to appeal and use a different style. And you got to be aware of all that and you have to study it. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, folks that aren't doing it, mm-hmm. that aren't doing video and getting out and then putting them, quote unquote, putting themselves out there, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big mistake. And I think that you have to build your own brand and you have to build your your um, audience. Mm-hmm. And it has to be something that you do deliberately and it has to be frequent and it's got to be, you know, it's got to be something that is genuine as well. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that you can, if I'm asking somebody to do it and build their brand, the one thing you got to ha- have as a part of it is a genuine feel to it. Because when you start mm-hmm. faking, people don't believe you. Yeah. I mean, that's most certainly true. Um, that's why I probably don't smile as much in my videos. Because I'm not, like, I, I joke and I'm sarcastic, but I don't actually smile too much. So for me, when I start, when I open up a video, I don't. I don't put on like a big grin or a big face. Like you're saying, don't fake it, you know? Yeah. I'm not a smiley person. I'm a sarcastic person. So I'm going to be sarcastic. I'm going to be a smart ass with just about everything I do and I put out. Just because it. when someone meets up with me, I don't want them to think that I am someone who wears a sports jacket or a suit or, you know, dresses really nice. Right. That's not me. I'm I'm literally barefoot right now while we're talking. But it's not bad. Yeah, not it's not bad. Way. No, but I feel like a lot of people feel the need to put on a persona don't. of something different. You know? I say don't. And, you know, yeah. one of the things that, like, and this is, you're not asking me to do this, hmm. but one of the things I admire most about what you're doing, and I've hmm. told you this before, is that you're not doing it thinking whether or not someone's going to like it. Yeah. Right. No, I never so do. I, I tell people when they're going to record something that they're going to put on social media, mm-hmm. press record and go. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I just make shit I like. 
That's it. That's at, it. At the end of the day, I just make things that I like. And if they don't like it, they don't have to look at it. I mean, if you look at my videos, more than half the views are probably just me watching it over and over because I think I'm amazing. But it makes it a lot easier because I've made videos, I made a few videos before that I didn't like, and I put them out there and I didn't watch them. I didn't watch them at all. I just kind of, I don't say I hid, but because I knew it wasn't me, I couldn't get myself Right. To actually watch the video and review it and critique myself. That's when why I, you got to stick with what you, you man. You got to yeah. stick with you or you're yeah. going to hate it. Exactly. The person that needs to like it the most is you. Exactly. And Be yourself. You know, one of the, and, and they're going to love me for giving them a little plug here. Mm-hmm. But Jenna, the little foodie thing. Yeah, foodie Friday. I love the, you know what I love the most about that little thing that mm-hmm. they do? Is like what would normally be bloopers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just part of their show. Yeah. Where they laugh and do something goofy and stupid and, you know, like, you know, snort their um, when they <laughs> drink something or whatever. And yeah. Come out of their nose, they're laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then that's appealing and it shows their personality. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. You know, I think that that's that's a great example of what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's I mean, when we went into that, the whole Foodie Friday thing, that was kind of my vision. Well, they had, you know, it was their idea. But when I was editing it, I was like. I want to put this stuff in because you guys are funny when you're just hilarious when you're just talking going back and forth of their banter. banter. I mean, I mean, I laugh so freaking much just sitting there filming them, listening to them go back and forth. Right. I can't. And I'm like, you know what? I want to put this stuff in there just because I like it. And they're more relaxed. It works. It's not super scripted. I mean, I have to, you know, sometimes edit here and there. They'll do a couple takes sometimes, but it's very. I to me, it feels very natural, right? And that's why I like it. I don't want to do something where it feels scripted. You know, I don't want someone to just be only reading off of a bulletin board or something like that. You know, I want them to just talk. That's yeah. it. I mean, purpose of this, it's just talking. We didn't talking. we didn't have an idea when we came in here what to talk about. No, no, no. Yeah, but it's a trust thing too, yeah. though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel very you know relaxed. I don't mm-hmm. think that we're gonna have any you know testy kind of conversations or questions no. so I'm just, and I'm giving myself to the process you know mm-hmm. what I mean why why am I do, I'm just doing this because I want to yeah. you know what I mean I'm very relaxed and it comes off that way and I think that's the that's the goal and so when somebody asked so when you put yourself out there you've experienced this right yeah when you put yourself out there and you do a lot of videos and stuff obviously there are some critics but there are also some people who are like man I really want to do that too yeah. How, Brock, tell me how to do it. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And my answer to them is just pick up your phone, mm-hmm. right? Because the phone is the most powerful thing mm-hmm. in the world right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Pick up your phone. Press. Don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Press live and just start talking. Yeah. And just start. start and, and, and you could say, hey, I want to have, um, I told someone do what called, what's called an AMA, mm-hmm. right? Ask me anything. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, do AMA, you mm-hmm. know? I want to do a live of me just eating a Jimmy John's sandwich, and that's it. I've been thinking about this for a while, just doing doing a live, getting all this hype going, then finally setting up the live and just staring at the camera eating a sandwich, which is something I've Would wanted to do. Would you eat the do. whole sandwich? Yeah, the whole sandwich. So even if it takes me 15 minutes, just eating the sandwich, and that's it. Okay. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. I just haven't had the time, not the time to do it, but uh, one, I don't really buy a lot of food to eat out, but two, uh, I don't know. It's just been something I'm thinking about. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do that one day. But but it's funny. 
Sorry, I don't, I don't know if we're going over time here. but um, I have no idea what time it is. Is it 12? Okay, we got some time. Go ahead. All right. So a lot of people ask me, like, well, I want to make a funny video too. Or I want to do this. I'm like, you know, sure, get involved. You know, do a video with me. I don't care. It's fun. Um, but when they ask me, like, well, I want you to make me seem funny. I'm like, listen, I can't make you seem funny if you're not. I mean, I could. I could probably pull a laugh or two out of the audience filming you doing something, but if it's not natural to you, it's not going to feel natural to the audience, I'm going to have a hard time editing it and it's going to feel not right. So like I always tell people like, I can't make you something you're not and not, not like being funny is a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. Some people are smart. There are so many people who are way fucking smarter than me, which is why I have this podcast. And like sometimes I wish I wasn't this funny sarcastic dude. I wish I was just this really fucking smart dude. <laughs> you know? But listen, you're smart in a lot of areas. Mm. Nobody's gonna be smart in everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's about learning some of the things that people know mm-hmm. that you don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've learned something from talking to you today. Yeah. And same. And, and, and probably the same when we start talking about the financing and all that stuff, like things that I study. We study different stuff. Like this setting all this up. Mm-hmm. This is this looks like building a skyscraper. Type. I mean, this literally took me hours to figure out all. The, I mean, this stuff was hours and days and weeks of studying how audio works. This fucking contraption right here. Where to even get these things from? Where I mean, do you, like, I mean, Amazon's good, but like, how to set them up? What's the different types? Because there's eggshell, there's these, there's base reducers. There's one. How much? How much is too much? How little is too little? Like, fucking lighting all this <laughs> all this crazy shit how to reduce sound i mean uh, it so was not everybody of, knows everything people yeah. people who who are not who don't want to learn new things uh-huh. or they think they know it all i try to stay away from them oh, so the only yeah. thing that we got into before we started talking about this is i just like the thing that's great about this platform that you have is that people get to share their opinions and their thoughts yeah. So other people can learn from it and they listen to it for an hour, but they might only get this much out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what I wanted to contribute and help with mm-hmm. my thoughts. Yeah. Now, maybe somebody doesn't like them or they don't think that they're worth it or whatever. That's fine. They don't have to watch. Yeah. But when we're doing while we're doing this, there's just some things that, you know, like we said in the beginning that I'm just not going to share my opinion on. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, that, that's fine. And, and, and I think that's the only thing that people need to make sure they do as they go into like, you know, creating their brand mm-hmm. or creating their um imp- their their footprint mm-hmm. on whatever platform they want to be on just be careful what 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 opinions that you share you yeah. know and it, there there needs to be some that you reserve yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about like there's some you probably just need to keep to yourself mm-hmm. but if you're passionate about it and you believe in it you know go ahead go ahead and share it i mean share it i don't think avoiding controversy is the right way but also if it's something you don't even i don't want to say don't care about but something that's not even like part of your your who you are then don't even get into it it's not Absolutely. worth it and that's my reason for it yeah. i don't pay attention to a lot of news and stuff like that and I'm oh, i can't really watch up, the news i'm anymore. not really up on a lot of things anymore yeah. because i really i'm paying attention to my business and mm-hmm. the people that are in the business and i try to focus on what they got going on and sometimes that's all you can do i mean in my family you know sometimes that's all you can do sometimes that's all people should do not to say don't get involved in the world or what you feel is right or wrong but i i feel at a certain point so many of us get caught up in the politics and stuff that we just sit and stew over something we're probably going to do 
I don't want to say like do nothing about. Oh, you're. Right. I was just gonna say it. But we do. We do pretty much very nothing. Very little. Very little is gonna come from posting on Facebook, angry or posting right. here and there and being. And your rant about mm-hmm. it isn't gonna make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So if you're, I say, if you're not gonna do anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I'm, and I'm not saying I don't need to participate. I'm just saying that you know. I'm focusing on my business and my family. Yeah, and that's that's my main focus. And you shouldn't feel bad for it. There, and I, and I, mean, I try to not get distracted. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's it. I mean, there's a huge culture going on right now with almost shaming people into getting to voicing their opinion or getting involved. And I'm like, just stop. If you want someone to work for your cause, stop fucking shaming them into it. You know, making them feel guilty because they're just gonna build up animosity for you. You know. I think more than that, more than the shaming part, is mm-hmm. they want to force you into telling you, telling them what side you're on. Yeah, because then they're going to make their judgment from that. Like, Man, that is uncomfortable. Like the other podcasts I have, the three of us don't agree on a lot of things. Right. But we're friends, but we don't agree on a lot of stuff that's going on. So we go back and forth. We have the banter, which is fine with us. But like you were saying, some people, they want to know. Man, we're friends. We're friends, but we don't agree. I think that's I think that's great. And but a lot of people are like, well, before I like you in a business sense or in this way or this, I want to know what you think about this topic. And because for some reason, your thoughts on A is going to discredit everything B through Z, sure. even if you're right about them to right. certain people. And I right. I don't I will never subscribe to that mindset. You know, me either. Me either. I I, I think that in order for me to be friends or acquaintances or to like you for us mm-hmm. to have a relationship a can you know a mutually supportive relationship yeah it doesn't mean we have to share opinions no 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 and and it doesn't mean that one of our opinions are right or wrong mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's it um and, and we can still totally be friends yeah but the media and this is one of the reasons i kind of put a pause on watching a lot of the news mm-hmm. is that the media wants you to take sides and like unfriend now that they're social media, oh, you can unfriend someone. Cancel culture and all that shit. Yeah, man. And that. they want you to do it and they promote it and like get on this side and stay on this side. And I don't think that, I don't think you and I, there's probably yeah. if we sat here and went through a lot of different, I know this would be this way. Mm. You and I would probably disagree on some things. Oh, probably. But I'm totally okay with that. And that's fine. And, and I respect fine. your opinion. And I probably disagree with me from a month ago and I'll disagree me from a month from now is going to disagree with me today. <laughs> so have you seen it on the news though? They'll play a video mm-hmm. from somebody said, so Mr. Mr. Breedlove, mm-hmm. do, do you remember six months ago when you said this and they play the video? Oh yeah. And you're like, well, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know what I know now. Cultures change. I've grown. Like, right. But for some reason, they're like, well, how come you weren't at 100% back then? It's like, well, bitch, I, I'm, st- I'm at 75 <laughs> still. I'm right. still growing. And I might <laughs> go back to that in six more months, but I don't know. I just I don't know. And it's a crazy, crazy you got to be thing. one way all the time. Oh, yeah. And the media isn't even. I don't like the media just because I know how they get paid, which is solely through advertisers. Clicks. Say, so it's only sensationalized stuff that they blow out of the water. Media is not information. No. Okay? Not it's, anymore. It is a business. Yeah. They make a lot of money. And it's a business. Mm-hmm. And they are after your attention. Oh, yeah. Being right, they're not after that. Mm. Being accurate. So being, when I say right, I mean like moral compass. Yeah. Right? They're being, being like morally correct. That's not their focus. Being, being um, accurate. That's not their focus. Whether they hurt someone, mm-hmm. when they release something, none of that's their focus. Their focus is your attention. Views and clicks. That's all they want. That's it. 
Views and clicks. That's it. And if it gets them that, they made money. And if it, and if they said something wrong, we'll apologize later. Or maybe not. Or maybe just ignore it and just move on to the next story and yeah. act like nothing ever happened. And then the next big story is going to take their... That's the way they view it. Yeah. The next big story is going to take their attention off of this it's, mess. I will never watch the news. I don't actually allow the news to be played in my house. Like, because one, I don't feel like you need the news stations to be informed. Oh, we got enough right here. Look, yeah, my right phone. Here. I pull it out five minutes onto Facebook, Instagram. I, I know, know what's what the going fuck's, on. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know what's going on in the world. Yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. And when you turn on these news channels, it's the same cycle for twenty four hours. 24 it's hours. the same shit, different voice every hour. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just brain rotting. It is. It does nothing but rot your brain, in my opinion. It is. And dude, I'll be honest. I really can't wait for a lot of this stuff I say to be taken completely out of context, like like a soundbite from something I say one nah. day. Because I say a lot of dumb shit, and I'm like, man, I cannot wait for the day someone takes, takes it, it and put, blast it everywhere, blast it everywhere, and then I can destroy that fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be me. No, promise <laughs> that. But yeah, man, I, I honestly, I'm a lot of people because of the way like we'll, we'll call it like millennials mm. think and this is this is something I'm really super not vocal about mm. but I have a, a, a an opinion on it mm. millennials everybody talks about millennials like they are the plague yeah you know what I mean like they're not smart or whatever I think that this group of people will be the the most informed and mm-hmm. I'm talking about over informed yeah too much information the smartest, it'll, it'll be the group of people uh, in a hundred years from now that are looked at as probably the most, you know, productive and talented group of people mm. that have ever existed on the planet because they've had technology and things that we didn't that, like. I got to experience life without certain things, right? Mm. Like, but they've had it their whole life. Well, uh, they're going to have the advantages of look, man. A sixteen-year-old person can be a millionaire. By recording videos of them dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we've grown up like no other generation, this age of, I mean, technology, but the age of information. We don't have to wait for the news to come on to know what's going on. We don't have to go through magazine. We literally have Google. Right. Figure it out. And you can even check yourself. You can go through a few different articles, fact check. Right. You're good. And you can learn the information. And... I feel like they're not taking that into account. But what do they say? Well, these millennials, they're lazy or they're there so that they don't want to work. And Well, no, it's not that they want to work. It's not that they don't want to work. They've just figured out that they don't have to go dig a ditch and, and get up at five in the morning, right? Yeah. And do that every day for six years as a job. And they don't, they don't know what it's like. And, and they're just, you know, dumb kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like... And to just subscribe to the thought that, like, physical labor is the only type of hard labor, for being honest, there have been many days, Whoa. there have been many days where I wish that was my job. Not to say there's nothing, it's not hard, it's not, it's not physically breaking, but there are some days, especially in this industry, where I'm like, fuck, I wish all I had to fucking do was dig a ditch for eight hours in the sun Dude, and then go home. Let me tell you this. It. Let me tell you something. Who's smarter? Mm-hmm. Just listen to this little scenario. Who's smarter? The person that gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning and digs a... We're going to use digging a ditch. It's not a bad job, okay? No. Look, people yeah. got to do it. I'm not... I mean, I work construction. We're using that as yeah. a scenario, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't be mad at us. Yeah. Somebody's going to be mad. Uh, I'm, but just, I'm waiting just a for hypothetical. the response. Mm-hmm. Somebody who gets up and does some labor job. We're not going to take digging a ditch yeah. off, the, to, off the plate. Does a hard labor job at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then they get off of work at... Six o'clock in the afternoon. 
mm-hmm. they do it again the next day. And it's 150 degrees, they sweat. And in a week, they get paid $400. Yeah. Or a person that gets on their phone in the comfort of their own home and figures out a way to do some kind of action or activity that draws attention. Yeah. And they make a million dollars in a week. Mm-hmm. Who's smarter? Well, I mean, you can definitely say number two is smarter, but also it's not like number two didn't work hard because number two, you know, may not be physical labor, but the amount of mental stress you got to put on yourself Absolutely. to educate and to do it and by to get yourself. Those people to be interested and do it by yourself, a person that's from nowhere, USA. I think it's brilliant, and I think it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of stress. I mean, think about this way. You were in the Marine Corps for how long? 13 years. 13 oh, almost years. 13 years. Almost 13 years. And you made it to what, staff sergeant? I did. All right, so as a staff sergeant, I bet there was plenty of days where you wish you were just the Lance Corporal pulling shit out of the quad cons, right? It was, Life was easier. Like, like <laughs> it was you, way you less wishing, complicated. You were wishing you were doing the shit you complained nonstop about, or at least for me, you know. Well, there were times when I when I wanted thing to be things to be less complicated, yeah, less responsibility, yeah, yeah. There were times, there were times, but you just wish sometimes you're like, man, I wish I could just be told what to do at this point, right. and I don't have to worry about it because you know the repercussions as a staff NCO are going to be greater. The change that we got to make in our minds mm-hmm. is not looking at these people. Like mm-hmm. getting up early doesn't make you better. No, th- and Having, this is that's coming from. I wake up at four thirty every morning, but that's just me. But and I, I'm not going to tell anyone. But you're not to do that. better for that. No, no, and that's I'm not never better I am. than someone waking up at seven thirty. Yeah, it's it's working physically hard mm-hmm. and like doing something that's physically hard mm-hmm. isn't better. Yeah, then right, we got to take these like traditional labels off of what are, what what is out there, mm-hmm. what our options are. Mm-hmm. I meet with people who have. I get the for, I get the ability. I'm so fortunate that I get to meet with some people who have career A. Yeah. And they want to make a career B. And I'm not going to get into what it is cuz I don't want to highlight that right now, right? But like they want to get into well, now I'm not going to get into what it is that they do currently. Yeah, but they want to get in real estate. They want to get in real estate, correct? Yeah. Right? I don't so it's it's not about what they're doing currently that they don't mm-hmm. like or like. But it's it's attractive to them. Mhm. And I get to talk to them about what the differences are and give them some advice based off of what I think they should do, their personality, you know, if they've done sales in the past. And yeah. they ask me if they're, their biggest concern when I meet with them is what? Do you think that I would do well in this business? Mm-hmm. And that's what they get to ask me. And I get to, I get to just pull their, you know, their thoughts and their opinions on it and ask them questions. And I think it's just such a, and that's why I have such an opinion on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and, they, and their traditional lens mm-hmm. about what the options are for them mm-hmm. when I start asking them, well, what else could you do? Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know if real estate's for me. I'm like, okay, cool. What are your other options? Yeah. Well, like, around here, man, there's not a whole lot. And I'm thinking, well, what do you think about this? And I start talking about social media. I start talking about these things. And mm-hmm. they kind of look at me like, wow, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. There are way more options on the table Today, today yeah. than there ever have been. Oh, yeah, for ever. sure. And and lucrative options. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not going to go into what they are, but I try to make sure I have that conversation with people. Yeah. I'm like, maybe this is not for you. Yeah. I mean, certainly, I'd love for someone to come and and work at the office and be, you know, unbelievably successful. And but that's not going to happen with everybody. Yeah. So I try to be real with them. I'm like, look, this is a hard start business. You know, yeah. it's going to be a little while before you make some money. It's, 
So you need to have some money on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. But before you make this dive, you know, what else could you do? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, I used to be this or I used to be a school. I was in the military. I did this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think there's that many options. I'm like, well, just wipe all that away. What else is there? Mm -hmm. So start asking them questions. And, man, people just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. As prevalent as all these other things are on social media and ride sharing and DoorDash and all those Mm -hmm. things that are out there, they just don't look at them. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think it is? Why do you think there's stigma behind it still? Because it's not. It's just so difficult to take that traditional lens off. It's very, very, very hard because it's almost abstract thinking to get to that point, which it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this abstract, weird way of thinking. But we didn't grow up with a class in app development or a class in Internet or anything like or like how to make a website. I mean, there are classes, but. Growing up, even from my generation of millennials, which is why I think there's a lot of frustrations, we were the last generation, I feel like, to be told to go to school, get a good job, then get a job at a company, but something tangible. Yeah. Internet is a very hard thing to look through a tangible lens if you don't have a lot of experience or you're just refusing to look at it a certain way. I mean, right. for instance, I think some people will look at my video like my videos I do that are funny or whatever, people like them, they're like, oh, ha, ha. But they don't see the tangible stuff behind it. The me sitting down with ideas, me sitting down with scripts, costumes, lo- the amount of shit I put into it before yeah. I even press record is ridiculous. And that's it's not tangible. Some monumental. And, it's huge. And I feel like, I mean, there's also, I feel like a lack of, not a lack of information, but it's not in your face or it feels like it's almost inaccessible. Right. Even though you can just Google, how do I make an app? Google, right. where, what are things in the market that are trending right now? Google. I remember when you were doing those things. Mm-hmm. I remember when I when I met you, you didn't have any of this equipment. Yeah, no, nothing. You had none of it. And you didn't have the, you, also, you didn't have the knowledge of how to use it. Yeah. Right? But now that you're discovering, you're discovering these options. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and it once you really get into it, you realize how infinite the options are and how much is out there for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And it makes learning this process, you become more motivated to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think what's interesting about and why I wanted to help and do this mm-hmm. and why I wanted to be on here because I reached out to you. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it well, a long time Well, I think I reached ago. out to you a lot while ago. I texted yeah. you and you were like, I was like, you want to be on it? And you're like, sure. And then you texted me like, hey, I feel left out. I was like, well, I texted you, Brock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we just got busy is what yeah. happened. But um, so, yeah, man, I, th- I think it's awesome because this is the ultimate like share of relationships. Yeah. You're sharing your relationships with the world. Well, and I also feel like it's, good because like you're saying getting to know someone yeah i i can get to know someone really well face to face no distractions anything like that someone else can get to know you when they put on the podcast even if they're passively listening they get to know the people i'm talking to absolutely and it works so well and not to say this is the only platform because i prefer audio for my consumption but like i said i could i cut this up into videos i want to get a writer turn this audio you don't have to stop yeah you have to stop when you, if you listen to audio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like it yeah. because you don't have to stop what you're doing. You yeah. can be in the car, you can be wherever, and, and you just play. It goes when you come back to it. You hit play right where you left off, and you just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the benefit of audio and video. You got to be sitting right. There. You know, you got to have to be watching. Yeah, and I mean, you have to I, stop what you're doing. I think before I found out about podcasts and audio books, I mean, I would just find a really long YouTube video 
about a topic and I would just turn it on while I'd be fielding my barracks room or something and just be listening to that, you know, conversation between people. And then I was like, doing video, I like the video, don't get me wrong, we'll never stop it. It's and a I, part of it. But I was like, you know, I also like the audio. I love listening to people, I love listening. Why can't I get in on this and right. do my own thing? And like, let's be honest, between this conversation, do you feel like has been more productive than any of the dinners or sit downs or times we've hung out before like this back and forth with no distractions? hundred percent. Yeah. I think the only other one was the one time that we sat down and you really told me your vision, but we were in a room. Oh, but that was when I was like changing companies and all that stuff yeah. when we were trying. Yeah. I mean, when you told me what, what your vision was and I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean, I think that's the only other time we've had this good of an exchange and mm-hmm. like really shared our thoughts. Yeah. And I mean, I think I knew where you stood. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, right? But like, this is this is a great way to do this, and you w- yeah. would not have any other option to do it unless we stopped everything, mm-hmm. put the phones on silent, and just you know face to face. Yeah, it's unusual that you can do something like this. And, and I feel like people take the conversation a little bit more seriously too when they have the headphones on, the mics, and oh shit. You know, as much as I'm not, I don't want to say you need the proper gear. It does help, though. There is value. There's a very good, intricate value to when I sit down, someone sees this board that I don't even know what 75, 85% of this, these dials do. Right. But they take that seriously. They sure. take the arms, the mics, the headphones a little bit more seriously, and the conversation totally is, agree. It grows and evolves a Absolutely. lot better. But 100%. Let's see. We are at... A little over an hour and a half now. I'm good, Almost. man. You good? You want to keep yeah. pushing through? Let's let's just. I mean, let's just land the plane here. Let's mm-hmm. do like five more minutes. All right. I mean, I guess Karen, I want to say. I mean, this is just my favorite form of of putting out media, putting something out there, content wise. I mean, from a business perspective, for me, um, like we were talking about, you know, advertisers, sponsorships, which I would love to have one day. But it's also good because. I can go back and I can listen to my conversations. I, I would never be able to do that if we talked in a Starbucks. And I, would, I could say, man, we had a really great conversation. I can't listen to it again. Yeah. I go back and I listen to every single one of my conversations. And I'm, I'm like, shit, I picked something up that I didn't get the first time that they said, you know? Yeah. Um, all the time. And also, content-wise, I love it because I can just, all right, cool. I need a piece of content for the day. I'm going to go to one of my my videos, you know, because I put this on video format. I'm going to take a snippet, five minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, something. Take that, put a title on it, export, upload. I got my piece for the day. Yeah. I'm good, you yeah. know. It comes back around, evolves into more views, more views, hopefully more advertiser dollars eventually. Like I said, people who are listening and want to advertise, let me know. Uh, Absolutely. Literally, subliminal message. Literally anyone. I play do this not record, care. Play this record backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I think one of the things that we've accomplished mm-hmm. unintentionally in this conversation is something that you and I share as a concept, mm-hmm. right? And I think what we're talking, what we've talked about today is the one big thing we have in common, which is you got to make it, you got to be deliberate. And, and it was the yeah. way we started. You asked me the question. You said... Tell me about these electric cars. And we're talking about a post that I put about the 20 years in electric cars or whatever. Yeah. And I think it was a great question. But I think overall the concept is, is like people ask me, like, Brock, what are you thinking about right now? Mm-hmm. And like a fire burning, I'm thinking about taking traditional thoughts mm-hmm. and traditional methods that are used for, you know, 
money, success, whatever it is that you think. You got to take the traditional lens, you got to remove it, and you got to throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Traditional stuff is dead, it's gone, it's irrelevant. And you got to start really thinking about like what's next. Because the stuff that's here, so the different, the big difference, and why I want, why I love talking about mm-hmm. it, the big difference between what happened in the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, compared to the 2000s up into the 2020s, mm-hmm. is we're moving so fast now. Oh yeah, like big changes didn't happen back then. Yeah, so that's why that it's so hard to remove that like mm-hmm. traditional way of thinking. Now stuff's moving so fast we can't think about what's happening in two years or three years we got to be looking at what's happening in 10 years 15 years from Mm -hmm. now and start adjusting to that that's why i study those things Mm -hmm. that's why i'm so like it seems like i'm so passionate about it like Mm -hmm. how don't worry about how we function and perform now Mm -hmm. let's start thinking about what we got to do 15 years from now that's the stuff that interests me yeah. And how what society is going to look like, mm-hmm. what people are going to consume as news, like podcasts. This this little get up right here, mm-hmm. this will kill radio. Yeah, radio I mean, will die to this. I mean, I don't listen to radio at all. YouTube <laughs> and streaming, listen. So mm-hmm. radio's dead. Mm-hmm. Your radio in your car, FM ninety nine point whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not going to use a term so nobody gets pissed off. Mm-hmm. Podcast and this type of consumption of of information mm-hmm. will kill that. It, that will go away. It will oh, not yeah. exist. Oh, yeah. Um, television, the way we know it, like broadcast television, mm-hmm. will not exist. Oh, yeah. In mine and your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Streaming will kill that. Yeah. So social media will kill the news. Oh, yeah. For sure. It, absolutely going to kill it. So if electric cars will will kill the gas cars, that's going to happen. Yeah, right. I don't know why there's any debate about that one. So, so now that we know all of these things, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You got if you're in business, you got to change the way you advertise, mm-hmm. right? If you own property, it's going to change the way you pay taxes because of the, the whole thing we talked about. Like, yeah. so we have to start preparing ourselves for what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. You hear people say, "Well, I, I'm going to say it in a country accent because like it's okay. em, it's emphatic, right?" Yeah. But like, I don't know nothing about that. You heard people say, "Well, I don't know. I don't even know nothing about what that is." Stop saying that. Yeah, and 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 pick up your phone. It's right there. Mm-hmm. And ask the phone what it is. Read. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, instead of pushing, and saying, "I don't know nothing about that," pick up your 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 reference. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll call this an encyclopedia because that's what this is. Pick up your reference and start absorbing it. Yeah. Just don't learn. push. Absorb, And then when you absorb it, try to figure out how you can use it to help you in what you're doing. Yeah, and then as you're doing it, you learn more, and then you keep moving. I mean, I learn more about this stuff now that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. But I go back, and I'm like, well, shoot, now there's something else I need to learn. And it's been a big, growing learning process. I mean, learning should never stop. You're in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. You sell homes. Yeah. Would you say that since you started doing video and things like this, that you're – Sales got better or worse? I mean, if we're being honest, I pretty much started out with video right out the gate. So I wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know the difference. But I just know it worked for me. And I know the videos people, when I originally put up, I had family, friends, my wife. Are you more <laughs> successful than people? Well, not, stop. Not successful. I was saying. Do you have more business coming in than people who started at the same time as you that don't do video? Would you say that it's be- it's better for you? I mean, bro. Uh, Probably. I mean, I don't know everybody, obviously. Yeah. 
Do you keep up with some of the people who you started with? Uh, I don't know. I have to, to be honest, I don't even know if I, who got their license about the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I do think I do a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. The, but I'm just telling you right now, that's going to get, that's going to accelerate. Yeah. It's not as, it's not as big as you think it would be now, especially mm-hmm. in our area. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you that's going to accelerate. Yeah. Tremendously. You're not going to, if they can't find you in videos on the internet, mm-hmm. you know these statistics. What What is, what is when people go and search on social media, mm-hmm. what percentage of things do they watch more than three seconds oh, are, are video? Dude, I have no clue, to be honest. It's like 98%. 98%. 98%. When people pick a, um, a home that they're going to buy, where do they start to search? Probably. 90s, like, it's literally like 99.7% mm-hmm. start on the internet. Yeah, on the internet. And 74% of them pick the first person they talk to. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's almost always. I mean, that tells you right there. So, if like, if 98% of their consumption is video on social media, mm-hmm. and then 99% of them start their search online... Yeah. And then 75% of them pick the first person they talk to. Mm-hmm. Loyalty and all that trash is out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? The statistics are there. So what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. You need to put a lot of your percentage of your efforts behind video and social media so they can find you first. Well, social media in general, I mean, just figure out the way you communicate yeah. the best. Because to be honest, I don't feel like the way people consume content would be the best way they communicate. For instance, I listen to a lot of audio, but I communicate best through video. I also read a lot of blogs. Yeah. You know, um, but the way I communicate, I don't communicate very well through writing. I communicate very well my thoughts and convey them through a video. Yeah. You know, as we've seen. But I do know some people who are like excellent writers. Like one of my friends, I mean, she's a pharmacist and she writes these blogs all the time. And I I sit down and I read every single one of them because... The way she writes is very interesting. But that's an, you're an anomaly. Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of people mm-hmm. can't read for more than, this is going to blow your mind, mm-hmm. can't read for more than 15 seconds, Well, and they can't read at more than an eighth grade level. I feel the same can go for a video, though. I feel like it's just if you're interesting or not. If the article was garbage and complete shit. Right. You'd stop at 15 seconds. I'd stop at 15 words. Right. You know, which may take me 15 seconds. Right. But, me too. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, if you put a lot of stuff into a video but it's not interesting you know i'm gonna stop i i think i catch myself i stop after five to ten seconds usually yeah on a video if it's not interesting after i hit that but if it keeps here's the thing you can watch a marvel movie for how long fucking two and a half hours three hours yeah you can watch a marvel movie but some people put out videos that are only a minute long, and I can't make it all the way through it. That's true. Just because it's not interesting. I totally understand. You I know? think the idea that I'm trying to convey, though, is mm-hmm. is that you got to take high percentage shots. Okay, right? okay, yeah. you got to take high percentage shots. Uh, you know, I'm, if you get me on a basketball court, man, mm-hmm. and I'm getting under the basket, and I'm going to throw it in that square. Mm-hmm. And You know what I'm saying? I'm getting as close as I can. Yeah. So when you're looking at what activities you want to do, when it comes to getting on video or whatever, you want to look at the statistics and say, okay, how can I fit myself into this box and get yeah. found first? Mm-hmm. Right? So I got to be visible. And not only do I got to be visible, but I got to be so visible that they get me first. Yeah. 
those are the, and you want to try to take as many of those high percentage shots that you can. Yeah. Certainly, do a bunch of other different stuff, right? Oh yeah. But to get into that box, you're going to have to be on video, and you're going to have somewhere, and you're going to have to be able to be first. And and I think it's about finding what what works for you. For me, it's all about the pillar piece, the pillar content, which is like this pillar piece. Yeah. I like the audio video thing. So then I can take this, I can turn it into maybe a piece of art with a quote on it. I can write out something I heard, Bro, whatever. You can Someone, do a million things with this. This is so much content. But I feel like you can do the same with blogs as a pillar of content. I agree. I feel like if you write a very good blog because you're good at writing, then you can take that, you can take a portion of it, and then you can put it onto video. You could put it into just an audio thing real quick. Hold on to this button. Sure. Listen to my thoughts on this. This was from this portion. You know, I just feel like find where you communicate best, like you're saying, and then you can turn that into every form of content. Every hit, form of hit content. Hit everything after that, you know? Absolutely. Find out where your thoughts are the best and most well put together. And then from there, turn it into the other pieces, you know? Right. Like for me, the podcast is going to be my pillar. And then I'm going to turn it into everything else, you know, people, visual, pictures, blogs, hopefully, so overall, though, yeah, overall, here, here, what I'm saying, yeah, video. I don't do video. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know anything about that, or mm-hmm. that's not my thing. That's not an option. No, no, no. Going no. forward, that's not an option. I mean, that, you're just not going to be found. Yeah, yeah. But period. Taking pictures of you and you and your your friends at the pool, you know, that's cool. But mm-hmm. if you want to get found and do business. You're going to have to do video, and you're going to have to be on the most popular social media sites. You're going to have to touch everything. You're going to have to touch base on everything. So saying, I don't do that, or that's not my thing, you just can't do that anymore. I mean, completely cutting it out. I don't feel like... It's not not something you can do. No. No. But, all right, man. I think we've hit... Let's see. We're done. Hour 45, man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Yeah, give them your plugs. Give them where they can find you, everything like that. Yeah, you're talking about a uh, real estate company, Caldwell Baker Alliance Group Realty. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all over those places. Mainly I focus on just Instagram and Facebook. Yep. You know? All right. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. See you guys. Love is love. Love is love. Adios.